fundraisers, I'm Don't Let Go, and it's time to buckle up for a new episode of Race Nation Radio, the one and only podcast we're made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows, and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. All right, let's get going. I am so excited to welcome back our next guest who is no stranger to One Cause or our podcast here at Raise Nation Radio or even the annual Raise Conference. Um, She started her philanthropic journey quite young. Um, She's been working with the One Cause products to further her mission and amplify her voice through great events. She's been on our show. She's spoken at the Raise Conference, but we noticed there were some book titles popping up on Amazon. So we thought this was a good time to check in with her find out what's going on in her journey. So please welcome back to Raise Nation Radio, Alyssa Lego. Hi, Alyssa, welcome back to the show. Hello, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here and I'm so excited to tell my story and tell our story to your audience. That's great. Well, we'll look forward to getting into it, but um, for those who might've missed the first episode um, that you were on here at Raise Nation Radio, um, or just haven't followed your journey, Why don't you get to know our audience, say hello to them, tell them a little bit about yourself and what you do in the fundraising space and um, your philanthropic world and uh, whatever you want to share personally, just so that our audience can get to know you a little bit. Of course. So my name is Alyssa. I am currently a junior at Boston College. I'm studying history and communication there, and I'm also an author, a speaker, and most importantly to me, an autism advocate, I am the creator of You, Me, Neurodiversity, and we are a youth book series dedicated to changing the way we think about autism and embracing neurodiversity. And this is something that resonates so closely with me as the older sister and legal guardian to Michael, who is non-vocal and on the autism spectrum. And I, like you mentioned, I did start my journey at a very young age after a series of really heartbreaking and eye-opening moments as a child, you know, as I assumed that protective older sister role. And it forced me to grow up pretty quickly. I I was, I viewed ableism firsthand, discrimination on the basis of one's ability firsthand. And those moments were really difficult and really challenging for my family. And as that older sister, I set out on a journey to discern how I could do my part and leverage my talents to make my brother's corner of the world and the world at large a better place for him. Um, And learning more about disability justice and advocacy and altruism, it's just been such an exciting journey. I feel like I've really been able to tap into those talents and leverage them. And that's what's led me here as the creator of You, Me, Neurodiversity and author behind all of our titles. Okay, that was a lot. Um, Congratulations on your journey and your success and everything that you're doing. You've lived a lifetime at a very young age and are 
I think this show is all about inspiration, fundraising inspiration. And you, you touched a little bit on that, what what started your journey. But can you get a little more specific? What are you talking about or what moved you specifically at such a young age? Um, can you give us some examples of how you got from there to here and what, what launched that all? Of course. So my earliest memory of experiencing and seeing that ableism and discrimination firsthand. I was very young. I was about eight. So my brother was six, six and a half at the time. And I grew up a dancer and we would usually, my mom would take me and my brother to the dance studio. I would have my dance rehearsal. And then afterwards, we would go to McDonald's. Um, It was quick. It was easy. It was fast. And it was really something that I looked forward to, you know, during school, during the day, I knew that that was going to be the routine. Um, So one particular night, I had gotten picked up from dance, got into the car with my mom and my brother, and we headed to McDonald's as we usually did. Um, We got our food, we sat down, and the McDonald's had a play place and my brother loved to play there. He loved swings, rock climbing walls, ball pits, all fun things like that. And he's going into the play place. I was sitting down eating and all of a sudden we just hear this ruckus coming from inside the play place. And there's two boys that are towering over my brother, um, cornering him and really taunting him, asking him, why can't you talk? Why can't you talk? Speak, speak, speak over and over again. And the most profound thing about that interaction was the restaurant was empty. There was one other man who my mom and I later understood to be the boy's father. And he sat there, you know, eating his Big Mac, head in his phone, not ceasing to stop this injustice to stop this outright bullying that we were seeing and this was one of the first times I remember this happening my mom and I were really frozen we didn't know what to do um I went into the play place grabbed my brother pulled him out and and we went home and we were really devastated and in shock and I wish I could say that that was an isolated event but there have been many moments like that many moments of the community misunderstanding my brother the community discriminating against my brother and those string of events i think every founder every advocate has a moment that makes them angry that makes them tick or that even makes them want to learn more about a specific cause and for me it was the culmination of those moments that led me to see you know what can i do So in fourth grade, um, well, I was 14, but I collaborated with my fourth grade teacher and we created a lesson plan program. It was called Friends Who Are Different. And I went around, I pitched the school board at 14. I went around to all of the schools in my district and throughout the state of New Jersey. And I delivered this lesson plan program about tolerance, about acceptance, about respect. And that took me on a really great journey that kind of brings me where I am now. And I'm really excited to be back where I started going into classrooms and targeting children as the next generation of change and the next generation of autism advocacy and acceptance. Okay, so I know a lot has happened from 14 to 21 or where you are right now, assuming that your age as a junior at Boston College. So let's fast forward. Um, We probably could have a whole podcast just on those six, seven years. But you said that you started with a program called Friends Who Are Different. And at 14, did did I hear you say that you actually 
pitched school boards. Is that right? And you, I did. And that was a very formative moment for me because I was a minor. My, um, you had to come, my mom had to come. Um, and she was sitting in the back while I was pitching the, the superintendent of the school district. And it was just a really, really impactful moment that kind of launched this journey for me. So if anybody didn't catch the uh, similarities between the last name, yes, Alyssa is my daughter. So uh, we'll get that out of the way as we continue the uh, podcast. <laughs> um, to say she really grew up at uh, one cause is is an understatement, um, for sure. She used to, for those of you who are, who are in the audience and remember, she used to come with me to different events as I was checking in on them on Saturdays. Uh, right after cheer practice. So, um, all right, let's fast forward because you're back to where you started with um, Friends Who Are Different has um, transformed into a new initiative, a new effort for you called You, Me, Neurodiversity. Did I get that right? You, Me, Neurodiversity. Tell us about that. Um, We're seeing all sorts of book titles popping up um, at a very feverish rate um, on Amazon. So tell us all about that project. When did it get started? What are the plans? Just give us all the details. Of course. So You, Me, Neurodiversity launched early this past summer, so summer 2023. So we're very new, but we're very excited to really launch this journey. And I know that our books are going to find their homes in in bookshelves and classrooms across the country. So we're really looking forward to continuing that. So we launched with our first title, uh, Max in the Tower of Acceptance. And this is about um, a young boy with autism and his journey to really feeling included and validated in his classroom and what that journey was like. And we also just launched our second title, which is Lily Finds Her Voice. And this one was really exciting for me to write um, because we talk, we talk about and the message that we're promoting is about accepting alternative augmentative communication, AAC, which is how a lot of non-vocal autistic people choose to communicate through an iPad, through an AAC device. So that was really special just because that story um, resonates really close with me and is, is very close to home. But We do more than churn out these titles and write these stories. We also launch lesson plan programs and activity books. So we launched our first activity book, Colorful Minds, Colorful Worlds. I actually created this in collaboration with my brother, Michael. So all of our titles and all of our projects really keep self-advocacy and the importance of autonomy and amplifying autistic voices in mind. So that's our activity book. And we are also launching a right now soft cover journal as You, Me, We merchandise as part of You, Me, Neurodiversity. And then quickly, I'll just kind of tease our brand new lesson plan program as well. So this is called You, Me, We in our circle. And it's meant to feature our titles. We're currently selling this on Etsy. And Anybody who would like to purchase You, Me, We in our circle, whether you are a youth group leader, someone looking to fulfill community service hours, or you're an educator, or just looking to launch a community service project of your own, you'll be able to purchase one of our titles. But not only that, you'll get You, Me, Neurodiversity custom swag, um, discussion questions that can be altered for each age group. 
and the entire lesson plan to start these conversations about acceptance and neurodiversity in the classroom. So it's more than just stories, though the stories are really meaningful and impactful. We really try to promote neurodiversity through flexible and innovative education materials as well. All right. Well, let's break this down a little bit. So what is the age group, uh, the appropriate age group for some of your books? Where who Who's the, what, the best audience? About five to nine. Okay. And so let's look at the books first. That's under the You, Me, Neurodiversity umbrella. They're real, authentic, um, everyday stories about individuals with autism that are interacting with typical peers. So it it shows real life scenarios. And there is that what, what the books are about? That's right. And that's one of the things that's most important to me about our mission is using these real everyday stories because it makes it very palatable for a young mind to understand. I do just want to tease one um, title that uh, we have coming up. Julie visits the Statue of Liberty. That'll be coming out in spring 2024. So in a few months. So my brother loves the Statue of Liberty and he loves places that he gets from his favorite movies, Grand Central Station, the Statue of Liberty, you name it, he wants to see it. So that's not to give away too much, but that's going to be a story about a girl with autism and her experience to going to this heavily trafficked place um, with lots of people, mainly neurotypicals, and how to make that experience more inclusive, more sensory friendly. So these are all real stories. And that's why I think they resonate so profoundly with the younger generations. So why that audience? Why ages, you know, five to nine? Why are you targeting these messages and these narratives to that audience specifically? That's a great question. I think it all starts with education. For me, I grew up um, an avid reader and writer, and I remember my most formative moments that were really shaping my um, my moral compass and prompting me to think about the world and the community and my place in the community, they all happened in the classroom at a very young age. And maybe I can't think of a specific moment that changed the way I thought, but I really got so much out of reading stories that were teaching me lessons, discussing them with my peers, discussing them with my teachers. I just think those ages, five to nine, elementary education is so important and so formative for a child. And I really do believe in my heart of hearts that education is a true catalyst for change. And it's such an honor to be in that space and being able to make that change through the things that I love to do, writing and crafting these materials. Okay, wow. So now let's move to, what did you call it? You, me, we, in our circle. So that's that, right. Okay. So that's a collect, that's taking these books and putting them into some type of program so that it can be used in the classroom, can be used for service projects, can be used by youth groups. It's kind of like a lesson in a box, if you will, or a kit in a box. Yes. So that, and, and did you say that's available on Etsy? It is. We're selling on Etsy right now. And you described it perfectly, a lesson plan, classroom activity kit, all in a box. Fantastic. Okay. So we're going to get all those links into the show notes on how you can access that. So that actually is very similar to your roots when you first started with um, friends who are different. Now you, you had a collaborator there. That was your fourth grade teacher uh, for friends who are different. Is that right? 
That's right. Yes. So how do you get it all done now? Because you must be even more busy, college, work, internships, future. How do you get it all done um, now to put all of these programs forward? That's a really great question. I would just say waking up early, um, taking care of myself. Um, I, I think that's something that I really had to learn quickly when I came to college because it was a big adjustment from high school. I'm a junior now, so I do have um, about one and three quarter years left um, of my college experience. Um, but I, I think those those two things are just so important to me. And then also just time management, I think, is a skill that I'm continuing to learn and refine as I get older. Um, but just prioritizing tasks, um, making sure that um, I'm kind of hitting the different things that need to be hit, whether it's developing programming, whether it's actually writing the stories, whether it's um, posting to social media, managing the social media as well. That's another huge component. It's important to us to be very active on social and have a presence there. So every day I just try to hit, you know, one of those different tiers and take it day by day to... um, to publish these titles, to get our name out there, and to accomplish what we set out to accomplish. So what are some of the future titles that you have coming up or on the horizon? Do you plan that far in advance? You mentioned uh, Julie and her experience with the Statue of Liberty. Any others on the horizon that we should be on the lookout for? Yes. So when I mentioned Julie, I was really excited to tease that story. Um, But we do actually have a title coming out before Julie. So that's Henry and the Birthday Invitation going to be coming out winter 2023. So that'll be launched in just a few months. So look out for Henry's story. And then Julie visits the Statue of Liberty will follow Henry's story And you can look out for that one coming spring 2024. And I did mention our activity books. I don't want to give too much away on this one just yet, but all of our followers and all of our readers can look out for a special edition themed holiday book coming out very soon before the winter. Wow. So where do we find these books? Where, where, where you mentioned that we should be looking for them coming out. Where, what vehicle are we using to find all of these books? I think we saw them on Amazon. Is that right? Yes. So all of our titles are on Amazon. You can shop the whole collection there, which makes it really easy. Just you, me, neurodiversity. Or you can check out my Amazon Author Central page. And that's Alyssa Lego. So you can find all of our titles Um one of two ways. And we will be on Barnes and Noble, selling on Barnes and Noble very soon within the coming days. So is that, are they paperback or ebook or both? What What are the options there? Great question. We offer both. So for our activity books, um, the one that we have out now is Colorful Minds, Colorful Worlds, a neurodiverse coloring adventure. That's paperback only because it's, you know, it's interactive, it's tangible. You kind of need your your colored pencils and your markers to enjoy it. And then all of our titles. So right now, Max in the Tower of Acceptance and Lily Finds Her Voice are in available in paperback and ebook. So you can enjoy them both ways. Wow. Okay, so what do you what are you hoping for um, in the future for you, me, neurodiversity? Where do you see this going in the next couple of years, um, and how do you hope that it impacts communities um, that you're connecting with on a daily basis? 
Yeah, so I have I have a lot of hopes for you, me neurodiversity. I'm really excited about where we're heading. Um, ultimately, I want to turn you, me neurodiversity, into the go-to resource for kids to learn about neurodiversity in a neurodiversity affirming and inclusive way. I think that's really important. I think the way that we write about autism and different neurotypes is so important. And those are the way that we're going to get the wheels of justice to move, I think. Um, so really turning us into a household name and a go-to resource is one of one of my biggest goals. Um, I'm looking forward to getting into schools very soon. I know, especially for April, Autism Appreciation Month is super important to us. So I'm really excited to be visiting a few schools and sharing our titles and our projects Um with the students in person. That's something that I think is really important as well. And then just continuing to get our books on bookshelves across the country. I hope that every child can find something that they relate to, something that makes them ask a question, something they love in each and every one of our stories, whether they're neurotypical or neurodiverse. And you have a philanthropic arm to the books as well, right? This is not... um... A, a side hustle or profit um, making endeavor for you. You're really trying to not only educate our youngest population to affect change in the future, but you are you want to turn this into more impact. So can you tell us a little bit about where book royalties go? Yes. So all of, um, our book royalties directly support autism focused charities as well. And something that's really important to us is um, delivering impact ourselves as well. Um, so we are going to be planning a sensory toy drive um, very soon. And that's also something that's really important to me because students in schools across the country, hospitals, you name it, a lot of the times they may receive holiday gifts. But it's important to me, it's important to my family that for kids who are on the spectrum, students that are on the spectrum, that they're receiving gifts that are tailored to their unique interests and their unique sensory needs. So look out for that. Um, we'll announce it on social soon as well. Very good. And you have a book contest, right? Or a cover contest or a cover design contest that was running. So you really try to engage and be interactive with, with your audience, Um which is kind of fun. Will we be seeing more things like that coming up with? Yes. So for anybody interested, we're, we are continuing to run that cover contest. If you purchase Colorful Minds, Colorful Worlds, a neurodiverse coloring adventure, you'll see, I believe it's on page 60. There's a cover design contest to design a cover for one of our upcoming titles. Um, so that's just a really fun and great way to connect with our audience, to keep them excited um, about the things that we have coming out. Um, so yeah, go ahead and purchase Colorful Minds, Colorful Worlds to enter that contest. It's on page 60. That's fun. And how do you communicate with your audience? I assume a lot through social media, what channels and what platforms are you on? So we are everywhere. It's very easy to find us. If you go on Instagram, LinkedIn, Threads, and TikTok, and Facebook as well, you can find us at You Me Neurodiversity. And then we also have a link tree. So if you go to our social media, you can easily access our link tree. And that's just a really great place to not only find all of our titles and directly purchase them, but also our Etsy link and um, just 
to stay connected on everything we have coming out. Well, we'll get that all in the show notes. So you'll have to share that with me and we'll, we'll populate all the show notes. If um, I have a couple more questions for you, I hope you have a little bit more time to stay with us. I know you lend yourself to um, thought leadership and you're available, especially in the month of April. Um, you love to speak and you've been a speaker at the race conference and I believe the lights fest and some other very uh, large conferences and um, types of events. So if somebody needed to engage with you um, for their autism appreciation or advocacy, what are you available for? When are you available? And how would we get in touch with you? Sure. So I am available um, for speaking engagements and keynotes at this time. The best way to reach me personally is either through LinkedIn at just my name, Alyssa Lego, or you could send me an email at Alyssa Morgan Lego at gmail.com. And I speak on I can speak on a lot of topics, um, specifically autism etiquette and uh, where we are today. I can speak on, of course, our lesson plan program, you, me, we in our circle, whether that's delivering it to a classroom, to a youth group, um, really any group of children, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, whatever it may be. I can speak on, um, you know, being a sibling to someone on the spectrum and the responsibility of caregiving and guardianship and also communicating without words and how to form um, deep bonds uh, without without having vocal communication. So a wide variety of topics, but I'm definitely flexible and I would be happy to to help enhance your event or your group or your organization. So please connect if you are interested. So you yourself are available to for the You, Me, We in our circle program, but to also encourage young service leaders to take on this project. There's um students who are in need of service project hours and, you know, to fulfill their, you know, high school or perhaps younger education, you know, requirements. There's um, many different organizations out there that require their young learners to uh, dive into a service project. So you can coach and, and provide all the resources so that they could take on their own um, initiative. Is that right? Absolutely. Yep. And who would this be ideal for? Um, this is a great opportunity for, like you mentioned, people that need to fulfill their service hours. I know I had a 20 hour per year um, requirement at my at my high school. Shout out to Donovan Catholic for really um cultivating cultivating leadership and servant leadership. Um, it's great for student organizations on campuses across the country. I know a lot of schools have mentoring programs. Um, so this is a great way to to continue your mentoring program. This is great for people looking to launch a community service project of their own, um, whether they are participating in, a, in an award program. Um, I myself received the Duke of Edinburgh Gold Award back in 2021, which was a huge honor. And I know a lot of programs like that do require service projects and service hours, youth group leaders and educators themselves. So the possibilities are really endless. And I think everyone that wants to learn more about autism advocacy, can find a place with you, me, we in our circle. And just as a reminder, we are um, selling that now on Etsy. And so what is changing recently with autism, um, within the autism community? Can you talk a little bit about our 
the words that we use or don't use or um, the infinity symbol versus the puzzle piece. When you seat content out, especially digital, especially digital content um, through all the different social platforms, it's a mishmash of all different colors and icons and different things. It feels like something's changing. What is changing and why is it changing? Can you speak to that at all? Yeah. Of course. And it, they're amazing changes to see watching um, society step by step move toward a more inclusive place. Um, and I, it really does start with the language and the words we use. I know one big topic is um, person first versus identity first language. So saying person with autism versus autistic person. Um, it's something that's a, a big topic of debate and has gotten a lot of controversy in the past few years. But my answer to everything is amplify autistic voices and ask questions. When there's something that you want to learn more about or something that you're unsure of, instead of shying away from asking that question, ask the question. Find out how you can be more supportive and find out how you can be more inclusive. Another thing that's really important to me is life after 21. Um, And supporting through you me neurodiversity organization that support life after 21. Um, My brother right now is 18. He's getting to that age of 21 where a lot of your school and community resources are cut off just because you hit that age number. That's something that's really scary for me and my family. And from a cause perspective, something that's really important to us. So just educating yourself on what you can do, how you can learn, and then the point about the rainbow infinity sign versus the puzzle piece. At UMI Neurodiversity, we fully adopt the rainbow infinity sign. Um, we just think it's more inclusive, more representative of the vast spectrum of autism. And it doesn't insinuate that with autism, there is something to be solved or a piece that is missing. So it's a more inclusive way to talk about this different neurotype rather than pathologizing it like we maybe have in the past. And I think that's a great starting point, a great way to view and learn more about autism is it's a different neurotype. It's a different wiring of your brain. And that should not only be accepted and celebrated, but there should be accommodations for that so that every individual can thrive in a community that supports them 100%. All right. So if somebody wants to call, like what collaborate with you, support you mean neurodiversity, help in any way or be part of your messaging and movement. Um, are you open to that? What what opportunities are there to to support? I am hearing maybe you're moving in the direction of perhaps a new nonprofit or a new charitable endeavor. Um, how can the community support you meet neurodiversity at this time? Well, first, purchasing our books and reading our books and supporting, um, that's a great way because like you mentioned before, each purchase makes a difference with all book royalties supporting autism-focused charities. If you are looking to learn more and spearhead your own community service project, purchasing our You, Me, We in our circle is a great place to do that. And then in terms of partnerships, um, whether you are a business leader or a self-advocate or an educator, we would love to partner with you launching partnerships with different schools, um, with um, different community organizations. Um, 
And, you know, having that support of those organizations really goes a long way in kind of melding our audiences and helping to support and get our message out there. So absolutely um, connect with me on LinkedIn, probably the best way to do that at my name. Or if you're interested in any sort of partnership, we can absolutely explore that. And you could send me an email at alyssamorganlego at gmail.com or connect with us on social. We'll get you, we'll get all of that in the show notes. You've been such an inspiration. What what are you looking forward to most in uh, the neurodiverse space? Um, what do you hope that you'll see in the next five, ten years, or in your lifetime? What would what would be dreams come true for for you in this endeavor? That's a great question. Um, I have a lot of dreams for sure, um, but I think when I think about the opportunities that I have and the opportunities that are in front of me, being a student at Boston College, getting to speak on important topics like this, and really getting to forge my own path and choose my own way, I want the same thing for my brother, and I want the same thing for his peers. And that's why I do what I do. That's what motivates me to continue doing this work. It's just more opportunities and more access, but also more understanding. You know, I want my brother to be able to go to a play place and not just play without being harassed, but play in an inclusive space where people are understanding and where people are compassionate and where people ask to help or ask what they can do instead of staring and pointing. So it really starts at that community level, but then providing those resources and accommodations and opportunities are equally as important. And for us, you know, we we do that. We set that in motion through education but we are so supportive of all of the organizations out there, whether it's research, whether it's education, um, whether it's direct support. Um, we're all walking this journey together. And it's a huge honor for me as an older sister and legal guardian to be a part of that journey and bigger community. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Everything you're doing is pretty remarkable. Um, and you did it all Um before the age of 21. So I can't imagine what the next six or seven years are going to look like. You have to promise to come back and tell us about it and keep us updated on all the changes and self-awareness that we could have towards autism appreciation. So if you promise me you'll come back to Raise Nation Radio in a couple of years and up, give us some updates. Definitely. But thank you so much for having me on today. It's been It's been a blast. We appreciate you being here. Fearless fundraisers, that's about all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Race Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at 12.30 p.m. That's Thursdays at 12.30 Eastern Time. In the meantime, be sure to listen to all the episodes on Race Nation Radio. We're about 106 episodes behind us. Uh, follow the channel that you like best so that you can get notifications about all of our new guests. And if you're a fundraiser and you would like to uh, join the show and have us feature your mission, please connect with us at hello at onecause.com. We would love to share your story. Uh, you are all inspiring and you help make Raise Nation Radio what it is. So I'd like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy to use digital fundraising solutions that help nonprofits connect with their donors. Check it out at onecause.com and visit the resource tab on the homepage for a broad catalog of eBooks and free content, as well as all of our podcast episodes that hopefully you'll find helpful. A huge shout out uh, once again, and thanks to my guest, Alyssa Lego, for sharing a very expert and authentic voice. Um, Alyssa, thank you so much 
uh, for being with us today. I so enjoyed our conversation. I have to ask any last words of inspiration for our audience. We ask all of our guests, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but uh, any last words of inspiration? Of course. Well, I would like to give a shout out, huge shout out to my brother, Michael. If he is listening, I think he's probably at school right now, but shout out Michael for being the inspiration behind everything I do. And then a word of advice, um, find your passion, find what makes you tick, find what makes you angry and evaluate what you can do with your resources to change that or to solve that problem or make it better. Don't say I'm too young. Don't say I don't have enough money. Don't say I have enough time because there's always a way to leverage your talents and what you're good at and your community to make the world a better place, no matter what cause resonates with you. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time today. Thank you. Yeah. Until next time on Don Lego, this is Raise Nation Radio. You stay fearless out there. (laughs) 